This is episode 531 on the 8th of June 2022. The chaotic hell in a cell pay-per-view event or premium live event as it's called was chaotic, it was surprising, but the results of the same were not surprising. Who was the sentimental favorite? Who were the heel turners in this particular event and what would be the repercussions of this particular pay-per-view event. So the first match of the night was for the Raw Women's Championship between Bianca Belair, Asuka and Becky Lynch. Bianca Belair has always been the sentimental favorite versus Asuka who was returning after a 9-10 month break and Becky Lynch who has turned heel now wears bizarre professional wrestling gear which is indicative of what is going in her mind, how her character is developing into someone who was on a high while she was the champion and once the championship was lost things took a very interesting turn. But what we have here were three Hall of Fame careers. These three individuals in the next seven to eight years when they call to an end their respective careers, which they will do because at this stage, Bianca Belair is around 32, Asuka is around 39 and Becky Lynch is around 35. So how long will their bodies allow them to continue depends on how they keep their fitness level but as it's in the men's division we have an obsession over two three women wrestlers who participated in the mid 2000s who were supposed to be the harbingers of what these three women and more have done over the years in this business so we are still obsessed with the likes of lita and Trish Status and their contemporaries and Mickey James. All of them are in that semi-retirement phase. They wanted an opportunity, they got it, but they couldn't carry on. But it's time to move on from them and it's time to move on from the likes of John Cena and Randy Orton and Edge. But these individuals want to continue despite their aging years because in professional wrestling 42 is quite old in any sport if you are in your 40s you have reached that stage where people will ask you how long can you continue can you continue to justify your presence as a professional sports person or are you taking space out of a relatively younger sports person 42 in normal life is relatively young but in sports, the moment you cross 31, 32, you are seen in that zone of you are old, you are losing your eyesight, you are losing your reflexes, all that nonsense begins to spew up. And from whom? From writers who probably have never even played the sport. So as I said, you cross 33, 34, not in just sports, in any profession and you are on the brink of, oh, you are old. You're no longer in that youth category. You're no longer in that 
individuals to con- contribute for the next 20 years and that's what really is baffling irritating and whoever says this should get one well couple of slaps to the guts but back to this match so in this match there was no champions advantage all three women had an advantage to win and all three are at the peak of their career so it's, it was very difficult to say who would retain even if bell air had lost and aska or becky lynch had retained or won the championship it wouldn't have made no difference but as the company wanted bianca bell air retains and now she will face rhea ripley at the money in the bank pay-per-view event which i will discuss later on another interesting match was the 2-1-1 handicap match now this match was very interesting the entire storyline revolved around how mvp saw bobby lashley as someone who gave him a second life a second career but bobby lashley was thankless and did not keep up the relationship with mvp so what does mvp do moves on finds a new partner a new protege in omos the omos is still inexperienced and, and like every seven foot wrestler he has a lot of disadvantage which means the anger takes over the smartness in the ring it's not for the first time i'm sure when undertaker was new to the field his six foot eight nine frame was often the enforcer for his partners and he must have made a lot of errors but in time he understood what he was supposed to do he matured and then he find himself in the hall of fame and on a 21 winning streak here omos's one error cost mvp the match so mvp was always going to be the weak link someone bobby lashley could take on as we have seen before if it were two seven foot individuals it would have not been easy but bobby lashley also has spent enough time in this business and he understood that if he cannot take out omos make sure that he is no longer a participant in the match make sure that he's down and by the time he recovers brushes himself up you can initiate the hurt lock on mvp and that's what happened and then what's next well as i said now with the world championship unified there are a lot of contenders as far as the championship is concerned this opens up a future reigns lashley opportunity for the wwe world universal championship pending if roman reigns comes back from a break right now he's on a break for whatever reason so till roman reigns comes back or he says that i am languishing my title and it sets up a very interesting situation there are so many contenders for roman reigns title and at this time all the contenders are mature they have learned and don't have two separate titles one title which means the list of opponents rivals will exponentially increase moving on the kevin owens ezekiel slash elias match that's one match 
that's one rivalry one match which didn't make sense because this was all about giving this was all about kevin owens trying to prove that the new look elias who returned and in a new way as ezekiel is elias so the whole ezekiel elias things thing carried on and this was just to add humor to the more mundane match this was all about humor it was never going to be a seriously intended match and i'm surprised that kevin owens has moved away from his more cerebral nature that he was often brought up on now how will this work this strange rivalry will carry on for a while i don't know how long but kevin owens like riddle uses another wrestler's finishing maneuver now there are two things when you use another wrestler's finishing maneuver it's respect that you're using that wrestler's finishing maneuver or it's disrespect because that wrestler is retired and now you are cashing on that finishing maneuver you can look at it both ways so kevin owen uses stunner as his finishing maneuver after all the efforts even if he has defeated ezekiel slash elias how long will this strange rivalry go on will then depend on how the wwe management wants to present this rivalry because i see kevin owens as a potential and a future championship contender but you have no idea what the wwe management is thinking what direction are they headed in where is kevin owens headed as far as future championship opportunity is concerned is he relegated to just looking at such gimmick rivalries which often don't make sense but that's on the management and how they go about it i don't know eventually kevin owens went on to win via pinfall using the patented stunner and then this was another strange six person tag team match which meant two women three men taking on each other so it was judgment day or at this point former judgment day in edge ripley and priest versus morgan styles and balor now this faction has been formed irrespective of whoever are the members and whoever has been outstayed that's part of the storyline that's part of something which is not relevant right now so this particular faction stable whatever you may want to call it the most powerful faction when we always say that once upon a time we used to say it was ministry of darkness then we used to say it was the, it was a generation d generation x and we used to say it was a new world order whatever are the elements involved then we used to say shield is a powerful faction now the bloodline is a powerful faction every 4 or 5 years a new faction comes up and we automatically by default by design mechanically call it the most powerful faction it started with nwo with which had hogan scott hall and kevin nash then there was the generation x it had the mem- founding members were triple h and shawn michaels a few years later there was the nexus which had 10 individuals then 
later on you had the evolution which had batista rick flair and randy orton then we moved on to shield after shield we had couple of factions new days one faction which has gone on for 10 years nearly then there's another faction in bloodline the closest faction in which they're actually members real life members of a family but back to this so this faction has been formed to counter similar factions on AEW house of black and jericho appreciation society and so many others well till the time edge was a part of the judgment day his entrance music was eerily similar to the undertaker like entrance it would be a ridiculous thing to compare undertaker to edge in terms of their entrance and their influence these individuals had but i would say that the way he made his entrance the dark music and the spotlight and all the special effects associated with it was almost an undertaker like entrance as is almost an undertaker like entrance no one can outdo the undertaker entrance that's that's why his entrance is the most feared entrance even after he's retired is in the hall of fame it took anyways it took them 30 years to give give him the hall of fame respect but that's on a different day now such factions these are such factions whose longevity is not clear so finn balor joins ripley and priest they oust edge but how long will will these three last they are professional rivals they they are not going to last for too long their longevity is not going to be lengthy it may go on for 6 months 7 months it may break up without actually knowing so many factions have broken up without actually knowing that it has broken up and so many fictional family factions have been formed but that's the beauty of such faction you can't predict which faction will last will it be a very organic kind of a team bonding or will it be part of the script it's difficult to say another strange rivalry was between madcap moss and baron corbin for a while madcap moss was baron corbin's protege and someone who told jokes then the relationship started changing and it was a bizarre relationship which turned into a rivalry so this was a no holds barred match which meant no count out no disqualifications use of chair table external devices was legal and madcap moss who was insulted and almost injured by baron corbin was the sentimental favorite he came in a new zone change of attire change of looks no longer the as you would say in hindi hasta khelta wrestler the no longer the happy go lucky kind of wrestler it happens it happens that these sudden changes of the wrestler's demeanor attitude is not new in this profession it has happened before and it will continue 
to happen. So Madcap Moss went on to win via pinfall. Then there, then, then there was the WWE United States Championship match between Austin Theory and Ali. Now, as I've said before, Austin Theory is part of those long line of chosen ones, starting with Cena, Lesnar, Randy Orton, McIntyre, Rock. They all came around the age between 21 to 25. When they came, no one took them seriously. It took them 3-4 years to have an impact on the crowd. Cena, in his first 5 years, he became popular, was winning championships. Lesnar came in and as this enforcer, 6 feet plus individual. 5-6 years later, he is sometimes part of the roster, he is sometimes not part of the roster. And then, he wins the championships. There's a change of attire, there's a change of looks. Randy Orton, same thing. He comes in as this cocky, over-the-top, foul mom of the individual, teams up with the likes of Ric Flair and Triple H and Barista, learns from them and now he is suddenly, after 20 years, he's in the Hall of Fame or would be in the Hall of Fame. Everyone in their first 3-4 years went on to win world championships. As I said, they were all chosen ones, a favorite of the chairperson slash owner of the company, McMahon. They were part of the roster, they were removed from the roster, then they were re-young inducted into the roster and all of them have won at least two or more championships. Then they went on to pursue higher callings. So I'm not surprised if Austin Theory or Theory would win a world championship in the years to come. If I say that, you would say it's a joke. Well, you would have said the same thing about John Cena or Lesnar. Who would have known 20 years ago if somebody would have said that all these three individuals would win championship, you would have said it's impractical. And now, so why can't I say, say the same thing about theory? Because it's a very similar storyline being followed. And then Mustafa Ali, well, he had the home crowd behind him as is often the case is. But Austin Theory went on to win via pinfall. And then came the match which everyone had been waiting for, which everyone was looking forward to. Round 3, the trilogy of the Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins rivalry. Well, how do I look at this rivalry? I see them as another rivalry which will have an impact later on. And as prophesied by Cody Rhodes, is it the end of the rivalry? I don't think such rivalries are ending soon. You might see them compete at the money in the bank pay-per-view. They will be competing to win the to win the briefcase and then cash it in. But who will they cash it in if Roman Reigns is not part of the roster or is on a break or whatever you want to call it? So what does Seth Rollins do as he did at WrestleMania where he hold a shield gear to entice Roman Reigns here? What the commentator said was that he wore a polka dot dress 
address which was worn by Cody Rhodes father Dusty Rhodes who was called the American Dream and here Cody Rhodes is called the American Nightmare for whatever reasons but the interesting part of the story was Cody Rhodes was battling severe injuries but despite all that he went on to win the match which means that he has a 3-0 advantage in sports you want to call it a whitewash will there be another match for the rivalry i think there will be this rivalry is not going away too soon you but don't be surprised if this rivalry turns into a temporary tag team partnership you might see the WWE management surprise everyone by having Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins team up. We have seen all strange kind of rivalries turn into tag team championships. I won't give names but we have seen so it won't be surprising if this happens but that's a long way to go because they have more than just professional jealousy associated with this. There are a lot of underlying things which are not important to discuss but a long way to go so it was hell in a cell match once again no holds barred you could use all kinds of external devices weapons tables chairs as your weapons eventually Cody Rhodes overcame all the injuries and all the mind games by his opponent and went on to win once again is it the end of this rivalry well that's too early to call captaincy mind games to bara so what is this well i'll talk about this in another episode but i want the listeners to just think about what would be this captaincy mind games to bara story So this ends episode number 531 on the 8th of June 2022. Stay tuned for the next episode on the 10th of June 2022 with episode number 532.